Fed can just print more money out of thin air, but the government's always going to be in debt to the Fed. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the first episode of the year. I was thinking it was going to be a Pilgrim Society episode, but I had a crazy day uh, on this January 2nd, 2022. Real busy, real active, uh, just getting around, trying to figure out what the fuck is going on, how the year is going to start. It's not looking great. But with that being said, James Grunman and his band Nephrectomy uh, seem to be up to some really cool stuff, man. So I'm excited that we're putting this one out first. Seems to have more of a positive message, uh, even though we're talking about fentanyl, we're talking about drug addiction, we're talking about real life shit. But this guy really seems to have overcame his inner demons. It seems like a great guy. Um, we're going to show some of the music if I can get this together quickly enough because I am recording this intro very late. So with that being said, I'm going to keep this short. Um, let's see what happens in 2022, man. This is, uh, it's, it's not boding well. I'll say that so far, but honestly, it's going to be great for me. I hope that it's going to be great for you guys as well. Um, I'm going to also for the Patreon, I want to say this up front. I want to make sure that anyone that's supporting the show at the levels that you do are aware that I want to do a monthly chat. It's not going to be an episode. It's not going to be anything with any kind of pressure. It's going to be something fun where we can all just drink together. If you smoke weed, you can smoke together. If you're sober, you can just enjoy the company, man. We want to have some chats. We want to have some fun talks that aren't recorded, but we can throw ideas around. Maybe you guys can give me episode ideas. Um, you can ask questions. I mean, you know, just the, the you know, normal bullshit that people tend to do when they talk with friends. I consider people that support the show not only friends, but uh, supporters. You know what I mean? It, it goes uh, uh, to a different level, and I really do appreciate anyone that throws down the $10. There's a few of you. And I mean, you guys do go above and beyond. That's not to say that the $5 uh, tier and the $3 tier aren't appreciated, but obviously that $10 tier, you admittedly, you don't get any extra content. You just, um, I, I advertise that tier as like, you just love the show and you want to support it. So I feel like it's only right. And I should have thought of this a long time ago, but um, we're going to have monthly chats. I haven't announced a date. Um, I haven't thought of a date, I should say, but I will be uh, probably the next episode. I'll look at the calendar and I'll figure out what will consistently work. And I'll have to set aside for sure uh, a consistent like a like a last Sunday or a last Saturday, something that'll mostly work for you guys. I'm off Wednesdays and Thursdays, but no one else is. I mean, that's a random fucking weekend to have. So we're going to do it. Something that'll work for most of y'all. And I appreciate the support very, very, very much. Uh, this is an, an incredible experience. And I hope that 2022 brings some more fruits. It seems like it will. But uh, guys, James Grunman. And he explicitly told me his name is James Grunman. And I pronounced it Grudman when I introduced him in the meat of the episode. It's Grundman. Um, really, really nice guy. I really enjoyed talking with this man. Uh, seems like he has really turned his life around. Admittedly, he is an addict, but um, you know, he's turning that negative into a positive. And I appreciate that. Honestly, I think that that is uh, something when, when people are actually doing that and they're honest about it, I think that it's a beautiful thing. So thank you, uh, James, for, you know, talking with me, being patient, even though we got a little mix up on the times that we were supposed to talk. And that was my fault. 
But, uh, you know, when you, when you leave a, a one out of 12 o'clock and he thinks it's two o'clock, is that your fault or his fault? It's probably your fault, right? So this is my fault that we are. But you know what? We turned this into a great episode. Meant to talk about fentanyl straight up, but as usual, when you're talking with me, you get down into all kinds of weird shit. We talked about random things. This turned out to be a great episode, and I think it's a great way to start the year. Pilgrim episode coming soon, and I'm very excited to share that information with you guys. I did have to make some edits because apparently someone that was exposing this stuff got killed. Not the Pilgrim Society, so to speak, but some people that were really heavily connected, people that you wouldn't think. So going to keep it safe for me, but I may expose some things in the Patreon just because there is less accessibility to that. I guess it's not free information just pumped out there, even though I'm sure the tech overlords can hear what's going on on Patreon. It makes me feel a little safer, and at least I'm getting a little bang for my buck, so to speak, if I get banged in the head. um, Yeah, so it is what it is. You know where to find that, patreon.com slash dangerousworldpodcast. And DangerousWorldStore.com for the t-shirts, for the hoodies, for the the stickers, all that fun stuff. And, of course, guys, Manscaped is really helping the show in its infancy here. Been rolling for two years, and maybe that's not a, a young show to you, but in the wide spectrum of the shitty world that is podcasting, where every show sucks. You should know this because I am in the top 1.5% of podcasts worldwide, and a show of this caliber should not be cracking the top 20. I'll tell you that right now. It lets you know how shitty shows are. Uh, I've never been 1% of anything or 2% of anything, and I shouldn't be. If you look at me and you think about what I do, should not be at the level that I am in the podcast world. So I have you to thank for that podcasts are dead I, I give these things three more years max and then we're gonna have to find a new scam okay but until then i'm gonna ride this fucking thing into the ground i'll tell you that and uh y- you know my feelings about this if you heard my most recent rant uh on the patreon there so you know it is what it is but patreon is helping us out you can go over there patreon.com slash dangerous world podcast or i'm sorry pa- there we go uh, I mean, see how predict this is all fake. It's all fake. I'm talking about manscaping. I'm plugging the Patreon. It's all fake. Uh, yes. Have I had something to drink? Probably. Do I have one in my hand right now? Yes. Does it matter? No, it should, but it doesn't I'm cracking another one right now, even though I'm clearly mixing up my words. Dangerous world is sponsored by manscaped and the promo code at manscaped is danger. See, this is the thing, dude. Top 1.5% podcast that you're listening to right now. It's all bullshit. Podcasts suck. Why are you listening? I don't know. That's on you. But you can get 20% off plus free shipping when you enter the promo code danger at manscaped.com. And you need to be thankful if you have some balls to shave because there are a lot of confused women out there that wish that they had penises and balls, but they just simply don't have them. There's a lot of dudes out there that take for granted what they have. So think about that when you're shaving your sack and you're not cutting it. The ceramic blade and the technology that they have with that nice LED light and the quiet stroke technology, it's going to make it so that you just don't cut yourself. You can try, but it won't happen. You want to kill yourself with a Manscaped? They don't let it happen. This is how much they care. So thank you, Manscaped, for supporting the show. Thank you for supporting free speech. Thank you for walking the walk. And sucking the dick. Okay. I appreciate it very much. Manscaped.com, promo code danger. Let's roll into this episode with a new friend, James Grunman of Nephrectomy, the dope ass band with some really cool merch. Check out their work. Links in the bio for them. Thank you for supporting the show. And let's roll into 2022 with some heat, guys. Enjoy the show.
All right, folks, this is James Grundman of the Nephrectomy Band, dude. This is very interesting to me because we're going to get into some fentanyl. And uh, I'm very excited about what you have to offer, dude. You sent me some lyrics from your songs, and they're right up people's alley here. Um, so, yeah, this is very, uh, very interesting. And I know nothing. You know, we were talking a little bit just now, and I literally don't know anything about fentanyl. So you've had some personal experiences with this whole thing, and it can't be easy being in the music industry dealing you know with with sobriety as well so that's you know i admire you for that so um i don't know where you want to start with this james but let's uh let's hear let's hear what you got here dude all right man fucking um so basically and i'm just gonna be completely honest and upfront with all this i've been embarrassed of my past at different times or tried to hide it but i've noticed now that just being honest about things especially when you're living well it's like, if anything, you know, I have nothing to lose. I don't give a fuck what people think. And if anything, maybe my story can help somebody, you know, sure. and let people realize that even, <laughs> even a dude like me can get better. And when you hear the lows I was at, um, that's uh, pretty astonishing. But, uh, but anyways, uh, let's get into this. Um, so I am 30 now. I've been struggling with opiate addiction. I mean, really since I was, you know, 16 years old was the first time I got prescribed uh, Percocets. It was actually, it was funny. I mean, this is when it was kind of the oxy area era of the opiate, uh, opioid epidemic. But um, I got my wisdom teeth removed. And the nurse there happened to be a dirty nurse. And she kept hinting like, sweetie, if you have a little bit of pain, you know, just let me know. And cause like, we, we just try to take care of that. I got refills on oxys every two weeks from this nurse as a 16 year old going back to the dentist for six months. What so is the incentive? What is the incentive for someone to do that? Are they getting kickbacks or like when you call her a dirty nurse, is she just like pocket? I mean, I don't understand how they would benefit from just trying to push drugs out. You know, honestly, my read of it was she kind of seemed like she was buzzing herself. Mm. And, you know, I I think in her mind, it was like, oh, I'm going to be a cool nurse, you know, like. (laughs) You know, I don't know. It, it dr- drug addicts are weird, you know. But you can yeah. that's that's kind of my read on it for back then. But uh, from then on, you know, uh, heroin came around towards the end of my high school years, and uh, I had gotten in legal troubles and whatnot. And by the time I was nineteen, um, my probation officer suggested this uh, quote unquote miracle drug, uh, Suboxone because I kept pissing hot for UAs because I kept using. Um, and uh, basically it was, it was <laughs> they literally sold this drug as the miracle cure to opiate addiction. I just this summer when I got out of jail, I lived off of a uh, settlement check uh, from this <laughs> maker. So it gives you an idea of how well it worked. They sold it as um the cure for opiate addiction um, that you, you can't abuse it. You can't get high off of it. And, you know, it's, it's my, the doctor described it to me as like insulin for a diabetic. In reality, um, <laughs> it's really just buprenorphine and naloxone. Um, they, buprenorphine is the second most potent opiate next to fentanyl. Um, it doesn't quite get you the same buzz, so that's why they'd write it so freely. You don't really enjoy it, but you basically create someone who's incredibly physically dependent on opiates. Um, when they when it first came out, they said that it was uh, had no withdrawal, um, no physical dependency, can't get high off of it because of the naloxone. And anybody who knows anything about how these chemical works can chemicals work can tell you that the amount of naloxone and the method of ingestion that they put in it, uh, you know, like under your tongue, or even if you're shooting it up, they also said you can't shoot it up. You can, um, it, the naloxone doesn't do shit. So basically this company got a whole bunch of people 
incredibly hooked on a uh on a really fucked up opiate um it's and the, the other thing you it's incredibly fucking expensive doctors wouldn't write the generic of buprenorphine because they were under the impression that like oh the naloxone makes it uh non-abusable which one isn't true really it was just a marketing technique to make it so everyone had to write the brand name prescription and without Medicaid or something like that, it can run anywhere from like 300 to $600 a month. Um, but so age 19, uh, basically my opiate addiction got kicked up a notch legally, you know, and pushed by my probation officer, by the state. You know, so I've really, I've lived through <laughs> kind of in every stage of this opiate epidemic, man. But uh so that lasted for a while, incredibly physically dependent to this opiate. Finally, around like 25, um, I said, fuck it. Well, I, I went on a bender. Some bullshit happened. Uh, went into a rehab and decided I was going to finally fucking kick some box on. And uh, through the help of Kratom, which is a natural. Uh, have, you, have you heard of Kratom? Are you there, Bill? Can you hear me? Okay. Uh, through the help of Kratom and whatnot, I was finally able to fucking uh, kick the Suboxone. And I was living good for a few years. You know, I, I was touring with my band Shorefuse 5-9, um, putting out more albums. You know, life was good. I had a three or four years of uh, just good living, you know, it wasn't like hundred percent clean, but I was off of that bullshit. Yeah. Um, yeah, dude. And sorry, my computer is acting like a real asshole right now. So I hope you can't hear all that noise going on. I have, I mute myself and I was trying to share something uh, on the screen with oh, you while, okay. while you asked that question, but to answer the question, I have not heard of, of the, uh, of any of these things, dude. Okay. Well, Kratom, um, and also people can, I work at a Kratom shop right now here in Denver, uh, and we can actually sell kilos, um, out, you know, to, unless it's illegal in your state, <laughs> you know, but, um, you, you can put in the uh, episode information, like my head show, we're called purple greens. We're located off West Colfax. Um, but it's, it's an Indonesian herb, um, that, uh, it's in the same family as the coffee plant, but it, affects the part of your brain that uh you know opiates do your opiate receptors so it's basically a non-physically dependent um it, it's basically an herbal percocet man you know um really a miracle drug i've seen it help alcoholics i've seen it help all types of people i mean sure you're still using a substance but whatever man fucking life's not perfect you know wow. um uh but Oh, and on that, in 2016, the Obama administration made it fucking illegal. And there was so much protest from veterans organizations that they made it legal again. Um, so th that's been a battle in itself. Big Pharma has been trying to stamp out Kratom. I mean, constantly. There are states where it's not legal. And uh, like technically, you can't sell it in Denver itself. Um, but. I'm right on the outskirts in Lakewood, so you can't operate there, which the, the irony of Kratom being illegal while cops won't arrest people for smoking fentanyl in public is pretty fucking insane. But anyways, yeah, Dude, it's nuts the, what you're talking about. It just sounds crazy that and you said this was back in 2016, right when Obama was heading out. Yeah. And they tried to illegalize Kratom. And it sounds like a freaking, like a, like a science fiction drug. Like, I don't know if you've seen like uh dread, like judge dread and all these things where they have like the, the like weird sounding drugs that I don't know. It just, it, it sounds like a, you're talking about a movie or a, a TV show or something. It's wild. Yeah. Really. It's like spice or something, you know? Exactly. Yeah, but uh, yeah, there's so basically there's all of these, you know, the, the pharma companies, pumped us full of oxy you know in the early 2000s 
you know, and then fucking, then they had to sell us the cure, which was Suboxone, AKA buprenorphine. That just made shit way fucking worse. It's literally, so this, and there's, they still prescribe this to quote unquote cure opiate addiction, even though it's literally just the next potent opiate next to fentanyl. Uh, <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, it's all around, man. If, if, if you wind up hooked to opiates, there are people making money off of your misery at every corner every turn and trying to kill you you know uh it's it's really kind of insane just all the levels of corruption i could go on for hours but to get back to the point um living clean kratom helped me tremendously kratom's still a big part of my life um but come 2020 uh you know for in my recovery lifting weights is huge and my music is huge, you know, like that's, that's art, creativity and lifting are the things that get me out of my body and I don't want to fuck up. Well, you know, here comes the pandemic and what do they close? But <laughs> everything for healthy living. Gyms, you know? everything that you're talking about. I mean, venues, so you can't play your music. And dude, I, I did hear that a lot of people, uh, out of 2020 there was more alcoholics new alcoholics out of that year and that's just one thing i'm sure that there's a lot more cocaine addicts heroin addicts uh any drug that you can name i'm sure more people got into because they were just stuck at home but the bars i mean the bars were closed but liquor stores were open you know for some reason strip clubs were open uh (laughs) churches were closed a lot of the positive things that you can get out of life as far as like going to venues or events were all closed but all the negative things were wide open I'm I'm a very like kind of woo woo guy, man. I, I was I was raised pagan, you know. I had a solstice cactus growing up in Santa Fe. That's <laughs> dope. A Christmas tree, yeah. Um, so I really viewed the lockdowns. I mean, just just everything we've been experiencing. We're under the attack of. I mean, every positive spiritual uh avenue that humans have i feel like we've been cut off from you know i feel like we're being subjected to dark magic and rituals that we can't even really fucking comprehend you know oh, i 100 percent agree with you dude we talk about that a lot before this episode's coming out the one just behind this this one uh or i should say the one just before this one is uh with a lady named celeste solem and she talks about how we are heading into the sixth extinction level event in our Earth's history. And it's probably going to be the last. And it seems that CERN has a lot to do with what they're doing. They created some particles that travel down to the center of the Earth in just eight minutes and collect matter all the way down. And she feels she looks at the world from a biblical perspective. She's very Christian. And she believes that or, or she questions if these particles can also take souls with them. So it's it's a fascinating concept and literally taking your soul, bringing it down to the core of the earth, burning it, which I don't know how this works like physically or or whatever, metaphysically, but she breaks it down much better than I do. And it's just a fascinating concept. And when you see the ritualistic components of not just TV, music, I mean, I know you know about like the frequencies that music is played at. Yeah, those episodes you did were fucking great. Thanks, man. I I just learned it and I was obsessed with it. And like, I still listen to 528 Hertz, like just about every night just to sleep. I need to start doing that. Fucking you, you honestly got me hip to that. But yeah, man, uh, just so many different levels and fucking. Uh, yeah, I I view the Bible as I'm not one of those fucking like dumb atheist types. You know, I think there's a lot of fucking wisdom and magic in the fucking bible you know like uh there's a lot there i I actually uh colorado dank and i have been in touch fucking i found him through your show but he lives like an hour south of me so you know we we've been trying to work on something but yeah so i'm i'm cool with all that shit i'm stoked on that episode he's a great dude man it would be really (laughs) cool to hear your guys's conversations maybe we can do an episode with you and him like coming from the pagan side um which i don't know how much you follow that now but um it's to me it's very interesting and there seems to be a pretty large push uh in the conspiracy community to try to get more people to be pagan so i don't know what that necessarily means i don't know how you feel about paganism um 
but it's See, it's interesting. You know, like honestly, now I I kind of identify more. I, it's it's silly to put a label on yourself, but I'd probably be like more like Christian occultist, I guess. Like, really, you know, I do div- yeah, I do divination and stuff, but like I pray, I fucking go to church with my girl, like. I, I don't know. I, I, I really view uh, a lot of the aspects of Christianity that we think of as mindless and dumb as magical practice in their own right. You know, that's what, that's what prayer is. You know, that's what all these things are. We, we just don't see it through that lens because, you know, we've had all this bullshit atheist Bill Maher uh, programming that we've been subjected to our whole generation yeah, no. dude, atheist materialism is a big, big problem uh, with just getting people to not care. And and when you're a materialist, and especially an atheist, if you hear people talking about uh, experimenting on humans, that's how they can rationalize what they're doing to people is because, you know, you don't have a soul. I don't have a soul. We're just animals. And the yep. same way that you can experiment on rats or dogs, you can experiment on on people the same way. So yeah, dude, I don't agree with that at all, but I, you know, does, uh, does prayer help with your addiction? Tremendously. Yeah. Um, it's like, so, so I recently at, at the end of my relapse and what I, I have six months clean as of now. Um, Congratulations. In, thank you. I, I was in jail for some shit that I did during my relapse um, for most of uh, the beginning of this year i counted my clean date when i got out of jail fucking i don't really think when you're locked up it's the same thing but yeah, you got no jail, choice right yeah exactly but uh and plus <laughs> there's dope in there too but uh one of the few things that brought me solace was like doing prayer circles with guys and you know it's especially when you're completely like raw you know like i had just come off of fentanyl and stuff in jail like the food is dog shit just everything's so grating i was able to really feel the energy of just you know a group of really hurt miserable people missing their family blah 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 you know uh embracing each other and all focusing on positivity and love like it sounds crazy but i had a physical i could feel it man you know just feel it go through and it just brought me back to the fact fact of uh our minds our souls humans are way more powerful than we're led to believe you know that's why we've been brainwashed with all this fucking atheist materialist scientism bill nye retard bullshit you know tyson Uh, that freaking neil degrasse tyson all those guys that really aren't as smart as they make it seem and they they're just literally actors. propaganda. Yeah. Have you seen the transvestigation stuff on a Neil deGrasse Tyson? No. What is this? Uh, so people have theories that he's a female to male uh, trans. Cause no the, way. Yeah. Cause I mean, his hips go broader than his shoulders, you know, like man, you, you know, I, I don't want to touch the whole gender thing or whatever, but you know, male and female bones are a science. And, yeah, absolutely. Uh, like if you got birthing hips homie you know probably not a dick in between there that's all i'm saying you know dude, that is wild that is really crazy I, that's the this is the first i'm hearing of this but i mean there's something to be said about the uh the transgender um i don't know if you call it initiative or whatever you want to say but there's a lot of like key figures right now that seem to at least be accused of being a transgender kamala harris is one of them you know like kamal arush um, was his his name allegedly this is all alleged of course but yeah. um it's very interesting when you when you start thinking like why would they want to set these people up that are at these high levels and why would they make them all trans and it's just the most deceptive thing you know if this is really yeah. a woman that you're talking to but it, but it's portraying itself as a man that's another ritualistic aspect of this like baphomet type stuff you know what I mean? exactly it's a deep inversion like when you have all of these celebrities that are deceptively a different gender, you know, and you're through all the media and stuff like, oh, isn't this actress, this model, just the sexiest thing on earth? And really it's a man, you know, subconsciously, I don't know. It's this weird cycle. I don't, I don't wholeheartedly believe in this stuff. I don't want to get 
my band canceled or whatever. I just, this is just the yeah, stuff yeah. that's in the ethers, you know, but uh, there's one fun IG account to follow Domino decodes the matrix. She has a whole bunch of uh, interesting ones. One of them is Donald Trump. He looks, his, he has the body of a female. No fucking way. For real, man. When you, uh, yeah, if you look up her IG, fucking just one of the Trump posts, it's, it, it's pretty interesting. You know, none of this stuff I would fucking put all, all my, uh, money on, but, uh, I don't know, man. Everything Trump did just further the agenda. So it wouldn't, 100%. and he always came off to me as a very feminine energy, you know, like I, I couldn't have ever actually imagined Trump having sex. Like he was a gossipy media queen. You know what I'm saying? That's so I true, thought- man. That is very true. But then like, what, so what do you make about the Stormy Daniels stuff? I think just it was fake? all an op, man. Like it, she, she even had that, uh, what was a Nexium tattoo that came up, you know? She did? Yeah. Yeah. She had the, the branding. No fucking Look, way. Dude, yeah. Keith Rainier is actually in my uh in my city here. He's being held in Tucson. Oh damn. Crazy, huh? That's fucking cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was thinking it'd be really dope to be able to go down there and talk to him, like interview him for a show, but I, I highly doubt that would be able to go through. You you'd have to do it like in a deceptive way, you know? Like you'd have to hidden record it, you know? Because I doubt that they would just let you do that. Oh but, yeah, I, yeah. I've been getting kind of. Um, I feel like I'm, my, some of my stuff is kind of shadow banned or at least tracked in a way. Um, I don't know if you saw on my Instagram, my, my someone tried to log into my phone from Wuhan, China. It was very weird. You know what I mean? It's like, what are the odds of that shit? So apparently, pretty good for me, I guess. But yeah, it's just very, very weird. Um, and then you start seeing these people, like you know, again, the lady I was speaking with last night, her husband, uh, she thinks was hit with a direct energy weapon because of the shit that they were into. So, you know, just weird, dude. Just weird, weird stuff. Yeah, I could totally see it. This this is the unraveling since 2020. You know, I feel like all this shit's happening. Everything we've been talking about for years is going on. And either, and they don't give a fuck about hiding it anymore. And it's just that the, the people who aren't realizing it, just don't want to admit that they're wrong and feel stupid and admit that they've been fooled. You know, you know you're right about that for sure, dude, because I, the first time I ever voted for a president was in this 2020 election. I voted for Trump because I actually did like what was going on. But then yeah. you go back and listen after he got out and everything. You listen to some people like I, I'm a big fan of Tim Dillon's comedy and like his work. I think yeah, he rules. His Whitney and, Webb stuff is fucking great. Oh, I know. He sold that as an NFT. No shit. Or no, not For not me. Whitney Webb, uh Megan McCain. Oh, okay. Oh, and he yeah. dressed up as Megan McCain and like was like, I want to fuck my dad, like all this weird <laughs> shit. But um, yeah, the Whitney Webb stuff that he does is is incredible. But you see him talking about how um and he doesn't give a fuck. He's very nihilistic about all this stuff. He's like, Yeah, dude, it doesn't matter who gets elected, all this stuff. And he uh, was saying that, you know, once Trump is out of office, we're going to be in a more fascist state, not necessarily because of his policies, but you can he just saw the writing on the wall. And I do know that Dylan is a, a name that is part of like the uh, the Pilgrim Society. I don't know. I'm, I'm doing a lot of research on the Pilgrim Society, but um, I think Joe Rogan's controlled opposition. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think that Tim Dillon probably is as well. But yeah, I mean, like a, the Dillon name is an Irish version of like a freaking like an Aster or, a, you know, a Bundy or one of these like really high profile names. Not quite Rockefeller Rothschild level, but yeah. high up shit. I could totally see that. You, you've you got, man, that Bruce Alosis shit and then your Pilgrim Society shit. You're one of the few shows that like brings up stuff that is not just regurgitating the shit that's been seen, heard a thousand times. Like you're doing your own research, you know? Thanks. I really fuck with that. That's part of why I wanted to say this shit on your show, because I didn't see anybody fucking talking about fentanyl, you know? And and I uh, honestly, it never crossed my mind, dude, to to touch on this. So this is and it's such a conspiratorial topic. And I know that we kind of got off onto some rabbit holes right there. But um, let's get back into fentanyl, because I I don't know if you talked about all your personal experiences as much as you wanted to. um, But I'll just hand it over to you, dude. And I'm, I'm very interested what you have to say. Oh, yeah, brother. Thank you. Um, So, you know, they closed the gyms. I was fucking bummed because my hardcore band, Short Fuse 5-9, was supposed to tour Europe. 
that's been one of my dream goals. Fuck. I doubt that's ever going to happen now. Damn, dude. Um, I'm sorry to hear that, man. That's rough. It's all good, man. The, the way that I view it is fucking I'm going to I'm going to be able to put on fucking shows where you don't need your Vax card, you know? Like, I, I think there's a different avenue of how I'm going to be proud of my artistic endeavors, you know? Like, well, what do you think may not about be these... traveling and stuff, but huh? yeah, the traveling is like the fun part, right? I mean, like this is like if you're a kid and you want to be in a band, like you you picture like going on a world tour and shit like that. You know what I mean? I think every kid at some point wants to either be an actor or a band, playing a band. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I know I did for sure. I wanted to be in a band, but like I I have no musical talent at all. But <laughs> what do you think about like the digital concerts? Like you know this whole thing that went down with Travis Scott. And I don't want to go down a, another complete rabbit hole. But I feel like you and I could talk for hours about oh, yeah. all kinds of shit. Um, you know, Travis Scott, this this concert that went down, eight people, last I heard, eight people out of like 70,000 people died. That's safer than the vaccine, to be honest. I mean, it's not even, that's not, that's not a lot. And it's tragic. But anytime you get a ton of people together, it's bound to happen. Someone's going to get hurt. Quite possible someone could die. I mean, there was Michael Jackson concerts that massive amounts of people died. Guns and Roses. Um, there's a lot of of groups uh, that have had more deadly concerts, so to speak, than this. But this was really pushed out as like this concert is dangerous. Festivals are dangerous. You know, we need to go into the digital realm. I don't know what you think about that, real quick. They they wanted to. I mean, it was obviously a ritual within the numbers. I mean, Travis. That's French for uh, traverse. You know, I mean, not exactly, but that's the meaning of that name, you know, so even like every little element. Yeah, Chris Knowles had a good uh, breakdown of that type of stuff on uh, his uh, higher side chats uh, episode he just did. But uh, but yeah, every every aspect of that concert was a ritual. And I think it was probably a test of uh, like frequency weapons. Um, I think it was a test of because everyone had to be vaccinated to be there. I think it was a test of like, how well uh, does our little graphene oxide uh, time bomb work? You know, at least that's 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 my idea. And uh, I don't know. It was it was very weird vibes. And I do believe that the body count is a lie. And I do believe that uh it wasn't really trampling it was more fucking heart attacks you know what i'm saying yeah no doubt and especially you can do that with with frequencies supposedly there were frequencies playing during the countdown when they were like about to bring him out and talking about the ritual shit it was chris jenner's 66th birthday that day so i mean you know she she's dating uh or you know kylie or whatever the fuck whoever it is is dating him right so could have been some talk kind of... about elite trans witches, man. I mean, that's the fucking <laughs> dude. That was the second episode that me and my cousin did when he was the co-host. We talked about witchcraft, and I mentioned that like this coven of six chicks that is the Kardashian Jenner clan are witches, dude. Yeah, a hundred percent, man. And I, I think <laughs> there's some. <laughs> if so, yeah, as a as a. It's some rabbit holes I won't go down just as a public figure, but there's a lot of shit with them and fucking, I mean, like, I, I feel like every one of the dudes who gets involved with them turns into like an MK Ultra fucking like zombie, you know, that Pete yeah, Davidson freaking... dude already seems fucking like that. Well, dude, he, Pete do you Davidson... know that he has a Ruth Bader, Beta Ginsburg fucking tattoo? He does? Yeah. Isn't that uh, the well, fucking lamest shit on earth? That is really bad. And then you have his father dying in uh, the Twin Towers. No shit. So, I mean, who knows, dude? But fentanyl. Sorry, dude. I, yeah. <laughs> I Like I said, you freaking talk about like some crazy shit. And it's very interesting. This is the first time that we've really spoken. And uh, it seems like you you know a lot of this shit that I, I get into. So just keep me hey, on track man. here, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we're good. Fucking uh, definitely feel like we could do more episodes in the future. We will. Um, but uh, so anyways, 2020, bummed about the tour canceling, fucking no gym, uh, living with a shitty whore, <laughs> basically. This, uh, you know, I, I had a girlfriend who basically tricked me to sign a lease because I had good credit. The moment I signed that fucking lease, it was like we weren't even together and just stuck there, you know, parties all the time. Awful. So can't 
can't go to the gym, can't go do art, fucking all that was really there was alcohol. And, uh, you know, uh, you start drinking and stuff and eventually you want to do the thing that you really like, especially when you're drunk and your inhibitions are gone. So I went back down the rabbit hole of doing dope. And, uh, one thing that I found, I went back to an old, uh, dealer dude. You couldn't even really get black tar. I mean, you could get black tar heroin, but, uh, not around at all. Instead, when he first pulled it out, I was like, oh, damn, where'd you get it? Because they, they look like the Oxycontin 30s, these little blue pills. It's almost the exact same press. Some of them are pressed so well, it looks almost identical. But he's like, no, 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 no. Be careful with that shit. That's Fent. And I'm like, what? Like, that was, that was just so crazy to me. You'd barely come across Fent before because it's, I mean, it's only really prescribed to people on their deathbed. Like, it is not a, not a light thing. Um, so to have a pill pressed with scent, I mean, one, it just doesn't really make sense from a, a business perspective, because I mean, for those who don't use drugs or aren't really familiar, fentanyl is so incredibly potent to be able to measure something like that accurate, accurately is, I mean, near impossible, you know, even with good lab equipment, blah, blah, blah. If you're making little press pills like that with Fent, uh, even experienced users, you know, somebody who does like 20 of them a day or whatever, can come across one that's too potent and fucking kills them. You know, like it's just, it's dangerous. <laughs> it's very dangerous. But at that time, 2020, I was miserable and didn't give a fuck. Any other time in my life, it's like, bro, I'm not touching fentanyl. It's, it's insane. It's basically suicide but you know at that time in my life you 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 kind of want that and i think i'm not alone in that with 2020 i'm sure i mean man you go to an na meeting nowadays or i'm sure aa is the same 2020 was a year of relapses man you know because they took away aa and na meetings too you could do the zoom things but that's fucking bullshit you know there's no spiritual connection being on a fucking a Silicon Valley product, you know, that's recording you and collecting all your data. Like it, it takes all the soul out of it. AA and NA is a spiritual practice, man. You know, getting a group of people all with the same pain, all focusing on the same positivity and hope and love, you know, it's hard to replicate the spiritual benefit of that through a Zoom conference. <laughs> yeah, no doubt, dude. But anyways, I, I start relapsing and shit, shit just gets dark quick, man. Fucking, um, before you know it, uh, I wound up getting two DUIs fucking didn't, they've been because of COVID and stuff. I didn't even go to jail for either of them. Uh, and I totaled my car. For the second one, I drove into a power line, all just fucked up. I, I honestly think I was trying to take my own life, um, wow, just dude. to be real, you know. But yeah, even after that, you know, obviously fucked up. They just uncuffed me from the hospital bed and gave me an Uber back home. <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, and so after that, you know, th things just got even worse. I was fucking all miserable from that. I got a... a brain injury from uh totaling my car so i was i was all types of depressed and and then it just made the fentanyl use even worse because i just really wanted shit to end you know um and like living in fucking motel rooms doing very illegal shit um very dark illegal shit um, and, and that's one thing like, man, I, I've said I'm a woo woo kind of spiritual guy. This is not a fun drug. The, uh, like yeah. I know Sam Tripoli has said before, he feels like meth is black magic. Like it invites demons. I agree with that too. I've, you know, I've done a lot of meth. It totally, I mean, you, you see shadow people, you know, it's, uh, I think it, it, there's a dark spiritual element to that. I believe the same with fentanyl. Like, j just on a real level, man, 
I've done a lot of fun shit on heroin, you know, like really? black tar. Yeah. It's, uh, I've written, I've written a whole lot of music, made a whole lot of cool art, you know, uh, th- there were good things. There's a lot of bad things, a lot of bad things that happened in my life, but there's still an aspect of it that was positive. There's none of that with this drug, zero creativity. When I felt on it, fucking completely pale. Like people, people look like zombies on it, man. They do. Like just the soul goes away and fucking you do shit. You never would have thought you'd do, you know, crime wise, robbing people. Yeah. I was going to ask, are you, are you uh, willing or comfortable talking about any of those very dark things that you did? Or is that something that you don't want to really put out there? Cause you know, I understand completely if it, if it's not. Yeah, I just, you know, I mean, let's just say violent things, theft things, drug related, et cetera. You know, I wouldn't want to get because I'm I'm still in legal trouble at the moment. Um, but and I, it, I wasn't back then. I'm Yeah, just wouldn't want to exactly delve on it. But ah, no problem. things you aren't proud of. Yeah. Uh, one thing, I mean, one of my buddies who or I guess old friends is not a good person anymore. He. Uh, yeah actually I'm not even going to say that but just really dark shit like you'll see fucking 18 20 year old girls super pretty like sucking off a fucking like homeless 35 year old for like five of these things you know like people lose lose a part of themselves on this drug man it's uh I've never seen anything like it, like just the level of misery involved in this. And I actually remember in a part of my relapse, one day a girl I was hanging with actually had black tar heroin and we smoked some of it. And I was like, this is fucking nuts. I was like, this feels like we're smoking weed, <laughs> you know, like, cause you could just notice how much more natural and like fentanyl was so bad that it made smoking black tar heroin feel like a health food, you know? Oh, (laughs) like, yeah. Like I, I I really, really don't know how to describe it, man, but yeah. So have you heard of uh, Jessa Reed, dude? Have you heard of Jessa Reed? Uh -uh. Who's that? You would like her talk a lot. She has a podcast. I don't know if they're still doing it, but it's called Mormon and the meth head. And there was a, both of these two met each other one was uh he just recently left the mormon church and then jessa reed just got clean from meth and so she talks about how she would communicate with like these weird entities when she was on meth and she has really really out there theories about like even text messaging she she believes that text messaging is a form of um telepathy like you're sending you're sending your thoughts and your words out into the universe and the digital world and people miles away or or across the earth are getting them. Um, but she talks about a lot of that shit that you were just saying in in a very interesting way, for sure. So, yeah, check her out. Hell yeah. Yeah, no, that's the funny thing is my uh, my, my girlfriend's actually raised Mormon. I don't know if she'd identify as Mormon now, but like oh, our Christmas tree over there. Yeah, I moved just a few days ago fucking Mormon missionaries brought us fucking a bunch of food. Cool. Yeah. So it's just a weird synchronicity. Fucking that. That's a trip. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Uh, good on the Mormons. Good people. Fucking definitely. Uh, so, yeah. And basically dark shit, dark shit. Fentanyl was just awful. And I didn't, uh, didn't get, have to be cleaned up until, uh, I finally, went to jail um in march um which like a you know i mean shit was just rough and coming off of it in jail was a nightmare but uh i I don't know if anything else would have uh worked um i i was just so completely down the rabbit hole man like just the it was like my soul was fucking absent, you know? Um, 
I, I don't know how else to put it. Uh, I like that. It, it, it's just so dark and like almost embarrassing, but I'd rather just be open about it. Hopefully it can help somebody, but you know, life's good now. Yeah. You shouldn't Anyways. be embarrassed, man. You know what I mean? Thank like it, it's, it's tough for, for people to, uh, I mean, it's a disease, dude. Like you wouldn't be embarrassed if you had cancer or you had uh heart disease or some shit. You know what I mean? It's just a disease of a different kind. It's one of the most insidious things. And it's been stigmatized so that you're supposed to feel embarrassed, but it's just, it's bullshit. You, you, you know, so I think it, it takes courage to talk about it for sure, but Thank you know, you, it's nothing you should be embarrassed about. I don't think. I appreciate that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so yeah, life's good now. And fast forward to just uh, living out, you know, uh, in Denver. I'm in the Lakewood area. It's like West Denver, Lakewood. Um, And fentanyl has just ravaged the fucking community. Um, And I don't know if people know this, but this is from foxnews.com. Fentanyl overdoses become number one cause of death among U.S. adults ages 18 to 45. Uh, More adults between 18 and 45 died of fent overdoses in 2020 than COVID-19, motor vehicle accidents, cancer, and suicide. Um, We're talking combined? Let's let's see. Um, Fentanyl overdoses have surged to the leading cause of death for adults between the age of 18 and 45, according to analysis of U.S. government data. Between 2020 and 2021, nearly 79,000 people, uh, 37,208 in 2020, and 41,587 in 2021, died of fent overdoses. The data analysis from Opioid Awareness Organization, Families Against Fentanyl, shows... um, yeah, blah blah blah. Oh, shit. Yeah, it's. I was seeing in Canada they were talking. Oh, about... oh here we go. Yeah, that, so comparatively between January first and December twenty twenty and December fifteenth twenty twenty one, there were more than fifty three thousand COVID nineteen deaths, but in that same age group. Um, and we both know that fucking those numbers are bullshit. I don't think it's actually even the cause of death really but even even from their inflated numbers uh they don't even fucking compare to with COVID? fentanyl yeah you know like yeah. even their inflated covid numbers don't touch these fentanyl numbers and uh it's kind of crazy that nobody's talking about it what were you saying about canada Oh, yeah. So in Canada, um, they were running a test to see what would be more efficient as far as like a terrorist attack. And by far, uh, aerosolizing carfentanil, which I'm sure you've heard of carfentanil. It's a very, yep. very highly potent version of this. Supposedly, like less than a rice grain size can kill like a shit ton of people. But one kilogram of carfentanil represents 20 million fatal doses enough to kill half the population of Canada. Um, so, I mean, one kilogram of carfentanil can, can take out or two, we'll say two kilograms of carfentanil can take out Canada's population. So that would mean that what 10 or 20 kilograms could take out the United States population. I mean, this is something that, that people need to worry about in a sense. I don't think that we should, you know, be, be terrified to, to, you know, go outside and enjoy things, but yeah, aerosolizing it. And if you look at the, um, you know, MK ultra shit that they were doing, in the 60s um you know they were trying to aerosolize uh lsd and then they were pumping it in the uh, new york subway systems so i mean if if they could aerosolize lsd i'm sure that they could aerosolize carfentanil it supposedly takes minimum chemist uh knowledge chemistry knowledge and i mean dude that could take out thousands and thousands of people very easily so that's one reason that i don't believe that terrorism is as real as they say like you know i don't think everything's a false flag but um i think a lot of these things are false flags man just because like you could rub certain chemicals on handrails that would kill so many fucking people and then especially like this shit that we're hearing right now with the carfentanil it's very efficient way and and relatively inexpensive isn't fentanyl much much cheaper than heroin Oh, astronomically, man. And the the crazy thing, too, is it's hard to detect and even test for. 
Like uh, when I was at the halfway house and work release, um, there was an OD on Fent almost every week, maybe more because uh, you, it's really expensive to test for it. It doesn't show up on eight panel, like any sort of standard drug test. You have to test specifically for it and it's an expensive test. So like state agencies and so they're really not going to do it. You can't do it on a wide scale. So you would have basically like man at, at the halfway house, it was just basically, I mean, one in every four people were smoking fentanyl every day there. It was yeah. just, yeah. Like, cause you, you can't even, cause they could get away with it. And I almost feel it's like, man, that is too fucking convenient. How the most common, most dangerous, most evil drug right now doesn't even show up on any test. So the people most, likely to abuse it as a coping mechanism or something you know people in recovery dealing with legal issues uh it it, it just seems kind of convenient that they can do it <laughs> you know it seems like the fucking crack epidemic was like an inspiration to china because they're the ones that really commercialized fentanyl right and they're they're the ones really moving it here i mean you had you had very inexpensive crack compared to cocaine really primarily affecting the black community the the lower income black community and now it seems like this carfentanil. There's something about white people and, and opiates, dude. You know what I mean? Like I'm white, but there's so, the same thing that you can say about black people and crack. It's, you know, white people and heroin or, or some sort of opiates, Oxycontin. There was that rapper, Little White, that was that made that banger song, Oxycontin, back when, you know, I, I don't know how old you are, but back when I was in freaking middle school, I think oh, it came yeah. out. I know all the words. Scarecrow, scarecrow. Yeah, dude. You pop in a powerful pill. They call oxy. Yeah. It's a banger, crazy thing, yeah. too, bro. Fucking, do you know that Xanax is a Pfizer product? Xanax? Uh, I, I did not know that. No, but yeah, that makes sense. Like, I, I honestly view, like, because you have all, all these mumble rappers, like that whole uh generation i i feel like that was just blatant mk ultra programming of getting a whole because you know when we were young i mean that oxycontin song was probably the start of it where like harder drugs were more seen as common because that used to just be like a fucked up junkie type thing you know like oh i wouldn't touch that nowadays fucking you know uh some kids first drug might be fucking xanax or fent I mean, now it, it's probably Fent, but I, I wow. feel like that whole mumble rapper generation, that whole trend, that all that had to be an op, man. You know, just getting, you know, putting up all of these fucking junky rappers in the spotlight, and it's like, model yourselves after this kid, uh, a guy who wears a dress and is uh, hopelessly addicted to fucking Xanax, and you know, like that little peep rapper everyone was so sad about dying or whatever. That dude was a like, well, I don't know why you listen to his music and it's like, this just sounds like a really sad guy crying on drugs. Yeah, a whole it was a generation of dudes that love that shit. He, I, I will give him credit. He started a completely unique uh, genre of music. I thought it, it was, you know, I didn't enjoy it yeah. at all. So I'm right there with you. And for fun fact, he died in my town too, in Tucson, in my city. So uh, there's a lot of shit going down in Tucson, it seems, now that we're uh, talking about these drugs. But I mean, like, what else is there to do in fucking Tucson other than eat and podcast and do drugs you know what i mean there's not a whole lot of shit to do here um especially with the pandemic bro fucking yeah i mean it became that way everywhere and that's like it's like and i feel like we had you know covid whatever you view it as it was unleashed on the public you know so we had that element of you know assault on the population we had the lockdown assaulting us spiritually and fucking everyone's happiness and then all of a sudden, you conveniently have this insanely cheap, insanely addictive, insanely fucking dangerous drug that is everywhere. And hard to trace, like you said. Yeah, it doesn't show up on drug to like just every aspect of it, dude. It's just, I don't know. It, it can't be a happy coincidence, <laughs> you know? So what you're saying to make it clear, you think you feel that at least in part, this COVID-19 pandemic, which was released by China, let's face it. I mean, some people get their feelings hurt when we talk about that, but it's just a simple fact. Uh, yeah. The same place that makes this fentanyl, 
which was unleashed True. on America. And think about this too, dude. George Floyd was on that shit when he died. You know what I mean? Yep. It was almost like that was a ritualistic component, possibly kicking off the whole thing. And then, you know, it's just there in your face. So you feel that, that, you know, COVID-19 was almost like the setup for, for fentanyl addiction and death and things like that, at, at least in part. Oh yeah. You know, cause I, man, I feel like dude, any other time in history, at least, you know, uh, in the past a hundred years of American history, nobody would want to do something like fentanyl, you know, like it's completely debilitating. It's it literally, it smells like cat piss when people smoke it. It smells fucking disgusting. It's gross all around and it's incredibly dangerous, but man, you take away everything that makes us human you know everything that people flourish with in their souls art creativity connection romance um i i think it's just a perfect setup for people to fucking off themselves on this drug you know and, and even the official explanation for it man they you know because they're saying it's it's coming over from the cartels being produced by the cartels in mexico well you and i both and even the mainstream media accepts this fucking the CIA, the alphabet agencies, they basically choose who the dominant cartels are, you know? It, 100%. Yeah, El Chapo yeah. was a freaking district manager, you know what I mean? All these people, Noriega, all these different guys that were, I mean, yeah, Iran-Contra, you know, a, a U.S. president was wrapped up in a scandal with promoting, like, you know, trading drugs and guns and crazy shit like that. Um, before I forget this, dude, I want to bring up to to kind of, you know, put a put a little period on your point with... uh like little white and all these like, you know, people popularizing hardcore drugs, like, you know, that, that most suburban kids hadn't seen in their lives or heard of until this dude starts talking about it. This is going to make me sound like an old man or like some hyper conservative, but like you have this slippery slope argument that I think at least has some credence where you have people like Snoop Dogg in the nineties, really promoting weed, which, you know, I I don't have any rap culture. What's that? And gangster rap culture like yeah, that yeah man NWA. the black community was not like it was just like any other community you know you had families all this stuff that whole thing of like complete gangster fucking murder people in your neighborhood that was like seeded by fucking the music industry i i feel well, and a lot of these people that own record labels, they also have considerable amounts of stock in the prison industrial complex. I don't know if you saw that that interview with um, one of the bone thugs. I, I forget if it was Crazy Bone or Busy Bone. One of, the, one of the bone thugs said that he was actually approached by people representing the prison industrial complex, telling him to push crime and shit like that and rap. So all that that means that. is that bone thugs turned it down, or at least he did. And then you have NWA. Well, I mean, look at those guys now, dude. Ice Cube. What is he? A, is he a billionaire yet? I, if, if not, he's pretty damn close. Dr. Dre, absolutely a billionaire. Easy E was clearly their sacrifice. And then those two other dudes, like what was it like Yella and someone else? They, they both kind of just fell off, it seems. But yeah. you have these people talking about weed. And then it's like, OK, now weed's accepted because you get building off of Snoop Dogg. You get Wiz Khalifa and he's posting pictures of him smoking on MySpace and all these things back in the day when he's coming <laughs> up. Right. Um. So now weed is fully, fully accepted. And now in Colorado, and I think in Oregon and uh, Washington, a lot of fucking drugs are legal now. You know what I mean? Like psychedelics are starting to get pushed. Um, I don't know if we, you've heard we, of we, we sell mushroom spores at my store. It's kind of a drip. Wow. Well, see, that. Well, how do you feel about, I want to ask you about maps, but I, how do you feel about psychedelics? Do you think that those are as dangerous um as some of the other things obviously not as dangerous as fentanyl that's just crazy but like what do you think about you know um i i think it's a spiritual practice that should be appreciated and used respectively you know um dmt's helped me a lot when when i've done it so so's acid yeah um i i've had i've had good experiences on uh hallucinogens but you know, I, I was raised very spiritual. So I've always, viewed, I never did it as a party type thing, you know, like I've never taken a- any hallucinogen to like have a good time or like let loose, you know, every time I've done it, it's like, okay, there's some internal shit I need to work through, you know? Um, so through that lens, I, I, I think, I think it's all good. I do feel like the whole fucking jam band, grateful dead culture of like, 
Yeah, yeah, I mean, the hippie movement was basically a, the fucking first like created culture by the alphabet agencies in my view. Yeah. You know, There's there pretty, was pretty darn good proof of that too. So yeah. Oh yeah, like the de- de- definitive, you know, fucking. Uh... Guys, more talk with James Grunman. Very very fun guy. Check out the band Affecting Me. But if you want to hear more about the conversation that him and I are having today, go to Patreon.com slash Dangerous World Podcast. We're gonna rock out with our fucking cocks in because we're PC over here. Patreon.com slash Dangerous World Podcast.